Hi friends, welcome to the Arise and Shine podcast where we are calling women of strength to arise and shine in their purpose for the glory of God in every sphere of society. I'm Anianti Sanchez and I know that through this podcast, God will speak to you and show you your authority in Christ to speak life and arise and shine in your God-given purpose. Follow and subscribe to the podcast. Join us every Monday at 9 a.m. as you start your week and your workday. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, don't forget to share and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming platform you use. To stay up to date, follow me on Instagram at Anianti Sanchez. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Arise and Shine. And this week, God has a word for you. Let me just say, God really placed a word in my heart. And this is a timely word. You know, this is, I pray, my prayer is that this is a word in season. And we're going to be talking about a few things. And and I want to start with a question. I always like to start with questions because it gets you thinking about your own life. And I want to ask, have you or are you in a season where you're trying the same method that you've always used? You know, maybe it's your same morning routine. Maybe it's your same evening routine, the same way that you like to study the word or the same way that you like to operate in your marriage or communicate in your marriage, the same way that you um, study or work, perhaps your workflow Have you ever tried the same thing over and over and you're like, wait, why am I not getting the same results I used to? Why am I not? Why isn't this working like it did before? You know, I I know I always talk about, you know, reflecting on this past year, but we can learn a lot from that. You know, the same things that worked in 2020 do not work in 2021. The same things that we thought were going to work uh, in the years prior, things are different now. And so we're, we're talking about this season where you're trying and trying and trying, God, I just want to worship you in the same way I've always worshipped. I just want to pray the same prayer, God. I want to just pray the same thing. And, you know, I want the same results, you know. But in the Bible, Jesus talks about how you can't put new wine into old wineskins. Ooh, can't do it. You have to put new wine into new wineskins, meaning you can't use the old method if you want a new outcome. I heard a quote, I read a quote a long time ago that said, insanity is trying the same method over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, so people who want to succeed uh, at something it's a, it would be insanity to try the same method knowing that it's going to fail and you're expecting a different result. And sometimes we do the same thing with God and we think that, well, the way that I am in my faith right now, what if I just keep, you know, reading the Bible like I always do? You know, what if I just keep reading the book of John forever and ever and ever? Although that wouldn't be a bad idea. There are new things that God wants to show you. There are new revelations that God wants to teach you in his word. But we're not going to be able to reap that harvest if we're not going to sow differently or in different places than we have before. And in order to do that, we need to be students of God. 
we need to be disciples of Jesus. In fact, the world the word disciple means student. And the problem is that in this world, no one wants to be a student. And everyone wants to be an expert. I mean, just open your social media, any blog on the internet, and everybody all of a sudden thinks they're an expert and they have no degree or no education in what they're talking about. And we can be that way with God sometimes. And God we can never graduate from our discipleship under God because we, as believers, we acknowledge that God is our teacher, that God knows all things. And because of that, I can learn. I have something to learn from him. And in America, we're so plan-based, you know, we are so plan-based that we can just write plan A, and if plan A doesn't work, then we have plan B, and then plan C, and if not, then we have plans all the way to Z, and, and then we start all over again. And sometimes we can just write God simply out of our plans because we don't think God's going to come through. We don't think God can move in this new way. We encounter a new circumstance, and we don't, we don't think that God can follow through in this new environment that we're in. And... Once we have it all figured out, you know, we say, you know, we have it all figured out. And God says, okay, I guess you don't need me then. And God is, is not going to force his way into your plans. If it, He's not going to force his way. Um, you know, if you allow him to, then he can come back in. Then he can give you a new perspective. But the question is, do you really want and desire God's direction? Do you really pray that prayer? Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me. Show me a new thing. And sometimes we, we, out of fear, maybe out of doubt, we, we don't move forward because we want a map of what exactly this new territory looks like, what exactly this new environment looks like. And God is giving us direction, but we don't want to move because we want to hold on to what's in the past. We're afraid of what's new, what's ahead of us. And we want detailed instructions from start to finish, but God doesn't work like that. And so we're talking about navigating t transitions in a way that you're going to, when you take God's direction, God can accelerate things so much quickly because God is like, wow, you're doing it my way now. Now we can go at my pace instead of you going at yours. Now we can do this thing together. And, and when that happens, God's favor, God graces you to, to, operate in this new way and people are going to look at you and they're going to see that you went from A to B in an, and in in record timing and people will say how did you get there so fast you don't have the experience you don't have you don't look like the type I knew who you were a few years ago but all you need to say is God gave me direction and I said yes and I said I will go here I am God send me send me God are we willing to pray that bold prayer saying, here I am, send me God. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what the timing is, but I'm going to go because if you sent me, you are going to guide me. You are going to provide for me. And so I want to dive us into the text now. So these, this text that I'm starting with is in Numbers chapter 20, verse 8 to 11. And we're talking about navigating transitions, right? So we talked about Moses, and Moses, last week, 
we studied how God chose Moses to be the man to lead the Israelites out of freedom. But that wasn't the end of God's plan, you see, because if we remember clearly, um, God gave a promise to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you this land for your people, for your offspring. I'm going to give it to you. Now, at the time, there were people occupying that land. So it wasn't just like no one was living there. It was free real estate. It was some people had set up camp there for years already, generations. And God said, this is a land I'm going to give you. And so Moses was supposed to start and finish that plan. And he didn't. Instead, a man named Joshua, who was the assistant of Moses, finished what Moses started. Now, let's read in Numbers 20, verses 8 to 11, and see why, why we're going to learn why Moses was not able to finish the work that God was trying to, why Moses was not able to transition from leading the people to freedom to now leading the people into promise. These are two different things because God doesn't just save us from something. He saves us to something. So Moses got the from right. He got it all down, down pat. He, he led them out of captivity, but it was the Lord who delivered them. Now the Lord wants to deliver them into promise through Moses. But this encounter is the reason why he wasn't the chosen one to do that. And this is really key. This is all about this transition between the old and the new and God doing a new thing with the same person. Okay, so let's read it. Verse 8, starting there. God tells Moses, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. He said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Boom, mic drop, right? So what happened here? God specifically told Moses, Moses, I want you to speak. I want you to take the staff, but I want you to speak to the rock and then the water will come out. Now, Moses, here's the history with him and the staff, okay? Because you... You and I reading this, we probably think, dang, Moses, why didn't you just do what God said? <laughs> like, it was easy, Moses, just speak to the rock, you know? I mean, have, has God ever told you to, sp- to speak to a rock and just watch water flow out of it like a river? Um, no, right? But there's history here because God told him, take the staff. However, that's not the instrument through which I want to show my holiness. I want to show my holiness through your mouth, something that you have used, but not in this way before to do a sign and a miracle. 
So Moses was great, right? He was the best. So remember the history between him and the staff, okay? Where, Where do we first encounter the staff? In the burning bush. So at the burning bush, God says, take this staff and uh, throw it to the ground. It's going to become a serpent. Okay, so the staff, and then God says to Moses, this staff, you're going to perform signs. I'm going to perform perform signs through you, through this staff. And guess what? The staff also, if you were thinking about it, the staff also parted the Red Sea, right? He, he would take the staff and you put it in the Nile, the Nile turned blood red, right? He would take the staff, throw it to the ground. It became a serpent. He took the staff. Uh, he he put it down in the in in the Red Sea, and guess what? It parted. So this staff has history, right? This is the old way of doing things. The staff represents the freedom, right? The mighty powers of God that God used to bring them uh, out of captivity. Okay, a shepherd, if you will. Moses was a shepherd, right? Now, this rock in the New Testament, you'll see that the rock is supposed to symbolize Christ. So this is a very um, key moment. God was right. He said, this, this was supposed to show my holiness, but you struck it with the staff. So God is supposed to speak to this, or sorry, Moses is supposed to speak to this rock and the water's going to come out. The rock represents the promise, the new thing that God is trying to take them into. And God is telling Moses, you used to use the staff, but now you have to use something different to go into the promise. So God is saying, the old is not going to cut it anymore. I'm going to do something new. And in order to go into promise, you need to activate your faith to a different level. It can't be the same. It's not going to look the same. It's going to be different. And so this is where Moses has a little bit of tension because the reason why Moses didn't see the promised land is because he wasn't willing to do something that he's never seen God do before. He wasn't willing to just speak to the rock and watch God work. He wasn't willing to just speak in faith and say, water, come out of this rock and see God be faithful to his promise. See, there's something very powerful when we speak something in faith and we watch God do it because our words are declarations of faith. And in fact, God with words created the universe. And so Moses is not getting this, right? This is a test for Moses that he clearly didn't pass, but God is still trying to teach us something through it. God wants us to do, not to do what Moses did, right? He wants us to learn. And so with our words, we have the ability to speak the things into existence which God told us. So this wasn't just Moses saying, I'm going to do a trick, right? This is God's command to Moses to say these things and to watch him do a sign. So with our words, we have the power to speak God's promises into existence because God told us, God told the Israelites, 
I'm going to give you this land, okay? God told Moses, I'm going to bring water out of this rock. You need only speak to it. You need only speak the promise that I already gave you because when I tell you something, a promise, all you have to do is speak it and it will be done. All you have to do is say it. This is what is said in the Bible in the New Testament over and over again. If only you would just believe, then it will be done for you. As you have said, so may it be done. As your faith has declared, so may it be done to you. How many times do we hear Jesus saying those words? And so this is what God is trying to teach Moses in this instance is, Moses, I'm giving you this promise. I'm going to bring water out of this rock. All you have to do is say it. So it wasn't like it wasn't going to work if God struck the rock. God was going to do it either way. But this was a test of Moses' faith to say, are you going to trust me that if I say it, I will do it? Or are you going to have to resort to your old ways of how I used to do things in your life? And you're going to have to use the same thing that I gave you, but it's an old instrument. I don't want to use that anymore. I don't want to do that method anymore. That's not the way I'm trying to use you in this season. This is, this is important, right? This is talking about our faith because, again, it's not enough that God saved you from addiction, saved you from uh, a, toxic relation, a toxic relationship, saved you from uh, another belief system that you knew wasn't right, but you were following it anyway, saved you from uh, whatever it was that you were a slave to in your sin, That's not all God has for you. He has promises in your future. He has things he wants to give you. He has things that he wants to bless your life with. The Bible says every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ Jesus. Every single one. That doesn't mean all of them except for this one because remember when you did that? Well, that means you can't have that blessing anymore. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says no matter what you do, no matter what you did, no matter what you're going to do, You have every single one of God's spiritual blessings because you are under the blood of Jesus. Amen. Take that word home. Put that in your prayer journal right now. So again, Moses, what we learn from this text is that he, Moses, was afraid that God wouldn't come through in his promise. He wasn't obedient because he didn't, perhaps his faith didn't believe that God would be faithful to his promise simply by speaking it. He was so used to using the old method that God had to bring him into freedom that he wanted to hold on to it. He wanted to hold on to the old way. He wasn't willing to let go of the staff. And God was saying, you don't need the old way. You, you can't see me do a new thing if you keep using the old way. And God is trying to say that to many of us today. He's telling us to let go of your staff, Moses. You needed the staff to step into freedom, but you need to let go of the staff in order to step into promise. Okay, so we're getting this, right? We're getting this, we're getting this. And now again, we're like, okay, so this is where we are in the story. Moses didn't pass the test. He didn't want to let go of the old way in order to have faith and speak the promises of God over all of the people of Israel. So the cool thing about God is God doesn't mind starting over with someone new. And that that can put the fear of God into us, right? But 
praise God that God can finish his can finish what he started no matter who says yes or no to the assignment. Okay? So that puts a fear of God in us, but that also tells us God you're so good that you're going to finish what you started. So long story short, you know, Moses he gets old and God tells him God shows him the promised land almost like he's teasing him, right? And he says, "This is the land that I'm going to give to the Israelites." But you will only see it. You will never go over there. And let that be a lesson to us. Let us not be women who merely see the promises of God, but never step into the promises of God. Let us never be women who settle for the wilderness when God is trying to give us the promised land the full promises, the full blessing that we're meant to inherit in Christ. Let us not be that. And so Moses dies, Moses passes away, and his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, um, he takes over from Moses. So let's read now. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Joshua 1, 1 to 8. And this is um, the commissioning of Joshua, if you will. So verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So this is a vast territory, right? From the wilderness to the river, to the land of the great sea, toward the sun going down, this shall all be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So what do we see here? Number one, the old is gone. Moses is dead. This is a transition. This is a pivotal moment. Moses died. Moses, the Israelites loved Moses. I mean, sometimes they loved him, sometimes they hated him, but they could all agree that he was the greatest. They, they revered him for what God did through him. And so, but now it's gone. There's a transition here. 2020 is gone. 2019 is gone, if you're still holding on to 2019. The old way of doing things, that's gone. You know, I'm married now. My single life, that's gone. The two have become one. I'm still my own person, but now there's something different. The old is gone. The new has come. Your old way of operating, it's gone. 
there's a new thing that God wants to do in your life. What else do we see? We see the promise of God. So God says, yeah, the old is gone, but don't cry. Don't mourn and grieve and think that's the end. There's a promise, a new promise. There's a, there's a direction I'm giving you. So God will always say goodbye to one thing, but he'll never do that without showing you the direction he wants to point you in next, the next promise that he has for you to conquer. What else do we see? He says, just as I was with Moses, I am now with you. He tells him to be strong and courageous, to meditate on God's word day and night. And finally, if you do all those things, you will have success and you will prosper. Now, we learn a lot from just this first passage. Who is Joshua? First of all, his name in the Hebrew is Yeshua. And now we all know that name. Yeshua is the name of Jesus. And it means God saves. So Joshua is a very significant man and a very symbolic Bible character. Okay, I'm not saying he's Jesus in the flesh. I'm just saying he bears the same name as our Savior. And he's also a curse breaker, a promised land taker, a conqueror, a trailblazer, a pioneer, a warrior, a, a man of God, a father. And so those are all the things that we learn about Joshua. And we see, again, like, I, like I'm showing you through these texts, the difference between Moses and Joshua is that one led the Israelites into freedom, but the latter led them into promise, which is the inheritance that God gave specifically to them. And as, as people of God, we have to know not only how to step into freedom, but how to step into God's promises, because that is truly the end of the story. The freedom is not the end of the story. It's God's promises, which is always future, pointing to the future. That's what we have to step into. And so we have to learn this new method, right? Moses used the staff. But now, for Joshua, what is he going to use, right? <laughs> I guess we're all wondering that. Um, but he gives him a clue. He just says, um, I want you to be careful to do all that the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. And don't turn from it to the right hand to the, or to the left. I want you to meditate on it day and night, and this shall not depart from your mouth. So the only, I guess you could say, instrument that God gives Joshua to wield is his word. Now this is powerful, right? But connect the dots here. Remember, God wanted Moses to speak to the rock and have the water flow out. Now, God wants Joshua to speak the word of God and watch God bring them into promise. Same thing, same thing. So the assignment has not changed, but the person, the vessel that he's choosing to do it through has changed because what's the difference here? Joshua's, Joshua was willing to be a student. He was willing to humbly place himself below his teacher and say, God, I want you to do a new thing. Whatever you tell me to do, I believe you. I trust you. Teach me, God. 
how to step into your promise. Teach me how to lead these people into promise, even though this has never been done before. It's never been done before. You know, maybe you're saying, in my family, no one has ever believed in God before. In my family, no one has lived for God. No one has lived free from addiction. No one has lived free from shame or guilt or condemnation. No one has been out of depression or anxiety. No one, God, has has uh, gotten married and, and had their marriage thrive and survive. God, no one has uh, raised their children in a godly way. God, no one, I haven't seen this before. And God says, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to teach you how to do everything to step into my promises for you. I am not like man. I am God before you in your midst. And I'm going to instruct you in how you should move. And the only thing that's so important, this is why it's so key. He says to make sure that his word doesn't depart from our lips, that we're supposed to meditate on it day and night. And that is our key to prosper and have success in all that and everywhere that we that we step the sole of our foot on, that's what God has promised us, right? So, you know, in my family, you know, Gabe and I, we both come from families that our parents are not together anymore. And we, or at least on my side, I haven't seen that uh, healthy, uh, godly example of a marriage in my life. You know, um, there's... A lot of anxiety that I see in my family. Um, you know, when I came to Christ, I was the first believer. Um, and I shared this before, but, you know, so a lot of what my first year, years, my honestly, my first few years of being a believer was feeling like, man, I am here trying to just walk into God's promises, but it is so hard because I just feel like no one has tread this path before. You know, no one has has led, laid this trail before me and my family, and, and I have to trailblaze it. I have to blaze the trail, right? But God said, you know, as long as you stay in my word, I'm going to teach you every step you have to take, daughter. Don't worry, daughter. I will teach you everywhere you have to go. And so... I want to take us to another passage. So again, um, this, the word of God in the New Testament, we know that the symbol for the word of God is the sword. I gave you a little pause so you can just say that. The sword, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? Ephesians 6. So the fact that God said, I want you to meditate on my word, that in fact is the sword of the spirit. So Maybe Joshua didn't look like the typical warrior, but he was a warrior in the spirit. He was a student of God's word. And so let's read, this is Joshua 5.13. And I want to show you um, the difference between Moses and Joshua and the, the difference between the old and the new. So before we had the staff, now what do we have? Joshua 5.13 tells us, this is um, right before the Israelites are about to try to conquer Jericho, the city of Jericho. And so this is the moment before God tells him what to do. God, or, uh, Joshua has an encounter with God, and this is what happens. 
When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. So what does he have in front of him? A man with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So Joshua's just like on defense mode, right? Verse 14, and the man said, no. <laughs> he didn't even answer his question. Are you for us or for He just says, no. But he does say, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So does this recall to mind any moment for you in, in Moses' life? Kind of reminds me of the burning bush moment. The angel of the Lord tells Joshua, take off your sandals from your, seat, from your feet. The place where you are standing is holy. So this is when we see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. Um, we don't know exactly who it is, but... When, when it says here, take your sandals from your feet for the place where you're standing is holy. I mean, no other place is holy than when God is in his midst. So I don't know what person of the Trinity this is, but I will say this has to be God. <laughs> so he's in God's midst and he sees God essentially with a sword in his hand. So the old was the staff. The new is God's sword. So see the difference here? Before it was Moses, a man carrying a sword. Now it's God himself carrying a sword. This is symbolic because he's trying to capture a city, the city of Jericho, that has a wall around its whole per perimeter. Now God is sending a message here saying, you don't need to have a sword. In fact, I'm not going to tell you to have a sword. I have the sword, which is to tell us God is the warrior in this story. God is the deliverer in this story. God is the, is the one who fights for the Israel, Israelites. God is the one who battles for the Israelites, not the Israelites themselves. And so right after this encounter we have in Joshua 6, now they're preparing to see the fall of Jericho. Okay, this is Joshua uh, chapter 6, 1 to 5. I'm going to read this for us. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout a, with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And so what does he give Joshua? God doesn't give Joshua a sword. He doesn't give him weapons. In fact, he just gives him a voice and he gives him a horn, you know, trumpets. 
So that doesn't seem like great battle gear, right? I mean, taking the entire people of Israel and just marching around a city with no weapons and just marching and shouting and blowing a horn and doing that for six days, I mean, what is that going to do? But the whole point is that we're not supposed to do anything, that God is the one who fights the battle. God is the one who gives us the victory. We need only to step into faith and move forward the way that God wants to do. And we learn that if we want to be like Joshua, we don't need to be the best warrior. We need to be the best student. We need to be teachable and brave to do things that we've never done before, to move in ways that we've never seen God move before, that we need to be flexible, we need to be moldable. If we want to see God bring us a new revelation and bring us to a new level and to see God bring us fully into his promises, we can't move like we always moved before. It didn't work that way. Joshua saw that in Moses and he learned and he said, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be the person that steps fully into the promise. I'm not going to be the one that thinks about the glory days and the good old days and just reimagines how the past would have been. If only this, if only I could have done that. No, we need to be the best students to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to say, Holy Spirit, teach me what you want to do in this season. Holy Spirit, help me to surrender the old and give me the new. I want the new stuff. I want the new way that you're moving. I want to see what you're doing now, not what you not what you were doing then. I want to grow. I want to exceed my expectations. I want to live beyond that. God, I want to stretch. I want to expand. I want to enlarge my capacity. I want to enlarge my faith. I want to increase the things that have been decreased in the past. I don't want to stay the same, God. I don't want to stay comfortable with you. In fact, God, make me uncomfortable for you because then I know I'm growing and I'm changing and you're doing something different and I'm not going to be the same, I'm not staying in the same place. I'm going to move forward because I can't just be stagnant. And so some of us, this is a timely word for you. This is, this is what you needed to hear from God that things weren't working out because you kept praying the same way. You kept praying the same prayer. And it's starting to be stale because it isn't what God is trying to show you. It's, a, it's not the new thing. It's the old thing that God did. But God's saying, I just want you to see that I want to do more through you, that that's not all I wanted to do, that, yes, I gave you that promotion or I gave you that revelation. I, get, I gave you freedom from that insecurity. And I gave you uh, that relationship, that new friendship, that marriage, or that position for your family, the house, or whatever it is, but that's not all I want to do through you. That's not all I want you to become. That's not the limit that I have for you. I want you to grow. I want you to surpass that. I want you to keep being a pioneer. I want you to keep trailblazing, keep going further and faster than you ever thought possible in your family lineage. So that's my prayer for you today. And I want, you to, I want to leave you with these two scriptures, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, 
nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So that's my prayer for you. Don't remember the things of old, but perceive that God is doing a new thing. If you need to let go of the of the past, if you need to let go of that relationship right now, if you need to get out of a toxic relationship, a an ungodly relationship, a, a friendship that is holding you back more than it's pushing you forward, a job that's pushing you back more than it's pushing you forward to God, um, anything in your life that is leading you into sin and not leading you into holiness, that needs to go right now in the name of Jesus. Um, I pray that insecurities, addictions, um, self-defeating ways of thinking, that all of that would you would let go right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that your expectations of God, you would let go in the name of Jesus to receive new expectations of what God can do in your life. I pray that you would begin to worship in a new way, that you would begin to pray in a new way, that you would begin to expect new things of God, that you would be able to be flexible and moldable, a moldable, teachable spirit before God. I pray that you would begin to read scripture in a new way, that you would dissect it, that you would be able to meditate on his word in a new way. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill them, fill them with your truth, that you would teach them, Lord God, that you would teach them the way that, that they should go. I pray that you would make them sensitive to your voice. I pray that you would help them to surrender the things of old and enter fully into your promises and speak your promises by faith. We ask this all, and we plead this in the most precious blood of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you were encouraged by this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe, and follow me on Instagram at Sanchez to stay up to date. Love you and see you next Monday.